Welcome to the Habit for Life podcast. This is Logan Chin. In today's episode of the COVID Chronicles, my guest is Giovanni Santa Lucia. Gio is a freshman, lives in Barclay. Um, we met in elementary Italian, and since then we've been pretty good friends. So, for the New York City heads out there, um, you may know Gio because he went to Lehman College High School, the specialized high school in the Bronx. And considering how interconnected New York Public High School is in terms of just everyone knowing each other, I'm sure one of you guys knows who he is. In our conversation, we talk about uh, COVID-19, obviously, his thoughts on the pandemic. We discuss what makes a country successful in dealing with the pandemic and how nationalism and culture play a role in that. I just want to emphasize that um, neither Gio and I are political scientists, and a lot of what we say is conjecture, but I think it's interesting to get uh, our thoughts on the politics of of COVID-19, especially considering how many politicians tend to put cronyism and politics ahead of science and facts. I just want to add that this episode was recorded around three weeks ago, so although things have changed. A lot of what we say is still very applicable to the COVID situation right now. So uh, yeah, Gio is a very interesting guy, one of the most insightful people I know, very thoughtful. And so the, the conversation we had was very interesting. So without further ado, I bring to you Giovanni Santalucia. Gio, thank you so much for uh, appearing on the pod. Um, I guess, firstly, uh, I just want to ask you, uh, amid all this, uh, <laughs> amid all this, how are you doing? I'm okay, you know. I, I have a lot more time to relax and watch movies. And, you know, there's this great website that we get through Haverford, Canopy. Yeah. So I've been watching a bunch of movies. Um, <clears throat> it's great for my mental health. The one downside is that in New York, like – it's a hellscape, and when you take all the all like it, when you take all the social interaction out of New York, there's no theater, there are no festivals, no museums. It's yeah, just a bunch yeah. of people piled up on top of each other, and there's nothing to do. It's like the worst place to live, and the rent's really high. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, are you? Because um, uh, for people who don't know, uh, Gio is a born and bred Queens man. Um, I'm currently in. Uh, Manhattan and do you do you like and I'm sure people already know this like New York's like the coronavirus coronavirus hotspot do you uh do you go out a lot like what what are your uh what's what's your day-to-day life like now yeah I I you know I thought that my life was pretty um how do I put this I thought that I was doing a good job of quarantining myself and staying inside um but I do go out every day and I've talked to, I've talked to other people and they've been inside for weeks, you know, on end, they haven't gone outside once, which I think is a little extreme. I mean, obviously we do have to take this thing seriously and it's good to be inside and to isolate yourself from others. But well, first of all, I, I got to go outside. I got to walk my dog and, uh, you know, I, I need to get some fresh air. It's hard to be, it's hard being cooped up. Um, I think I'm handling it pretty well, though. You know, not not right. touching things. Right, and uh, I know you went to um, 
Brazil uh, for, for spring break. Um, and I asked my previous guest uh, this too. I guess at, at what point did you realize, like, obviously we knew about the virus since like, you know, like January. Um, but at what point did you realize that it would profoundly impact your day-to-day life? That's a good question. Um, well, when I was in Brazil, I was not so worried about the virus. Um, I was actually pretty excited about, uh, about the virus, about getting out of school and uh, about all the changes <laughs> and the chaos. Like I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cool, you know, cause we've never experienced anything like this before. And a little disruption is, is not a bad thing every once in a while. Yeah. And, and for context guys, uh, geo, geo go, comes to New York quite often on, on most weekends. I, yeah. I, I love to be, I love to be home. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, but, um, and also the symptoms of the virus as they were described, they didn't seem that dangerous to me, but really, you know, as, as I started to get more information about it, then it did start to scare me. And then, Things moved so, so quickly uh, because of the nature of this contagion. Um, the next thing I knew, my flight to Brazil was one of the last uh, international flights that American Airlines was allowing. I don't know what their policy is now because um, it, it changes from day to day. But I remember when I got home and when I heard that mine was one of the last, I was like, oh, shit, this might be. Uh, more serious than I previously imagined, and then, of course, I started. I started to get worried, not for myself, but for my grandmother, who is uh, ninety-two years old. My grandmother in Brazil. Um, fortunately, it hasn't really hit Brazil very hard yet. But the president of Brazil, um, Jair Bolsonaro, is our, our favorite. Our favorite right, leader is one of the probably one of the stupidest. Um, uh, world leaders and um, he he wants to mobilize the Brazilian economy. He's worse than Trump uh, and pray the coronavirus away and of course 14 members of his cabinet have the coronavirus so I mean I do worry about uh, what the implications are there and uh, for the health of my grandmother but so far um it's not as bad as in the United States. I forgot what the original question was. Next question. <laughs> For people who don't know, uh, Giovanni is one of the most politically active people I know, not in the sense of activism, but I, I guess more, the more suitable word is knowledgeable. Um, what, what do you make of uh, the federal government's response? Uh, maybe we could transition to Cuomo. What do you think of Cuomo's response, which obviously has been uh, stellar uh, by, by – I, I think it's stellar. Um, I don't know. There's some people who don't think it's stellar, but what, what do you think of, how do you, how do you think the government has dealt with all this? Well, the obvious answer is that, um, I, I don't think the federal government has dealt with this adequately at all. I mean, I know that's not such a bold answer, but it's, it's the truth. Um, you know, I, obviously I, I'm a big, uh, I I dislike Trump, you know. He's too liberal for my tastes. Uh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Um, the federal government did not move quickly enough because uh, the people who run the federal government 
are egomaniacs. Trump obviously is a narcissist and an egomaniac. And generally, people who run government, politicians, uh, are narcissistic and they are out of touch with the, the needs of um, their constituents. Um, Trump didn't move quickly enough. And to your point about Cuomo, you know, he, he is doing a very good job of, of being a communicator for the state of New York. But I would also argue that he didn't, he didn't act quickly enough either. It's, yeah, it's yeah. difficult though, because no one really knew um, what this virus was going to be, but you expect your leaders um, to have a, you know, to have a leg up because they are in positions of power. They have uh, more resources than the average person, but really, you know, at times of crisis, we, we come to learn that our leaders, usually they don't really know what they're doing. They don't know much better than we do. And that's, that's kind of frightening, you know, whether you're on the left or the right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I said this yesterday and I, I don't even, I, I, it may be too harsh of an indictment, but, uh, said that, uh, for some reason, politicians are just, politicians don't know how to govern, you know, like that. Yeah. They can do, they have all the bluster. They have, uh, the show, they have the rhetoric, they have the looks, they can <laughs> raise money, but can they govern? I, I'm not sure. And to your point about Cuomo, like, I think you're right. I think he's, a, he's a great communicator. I, I do take a lot of solace from, uh, his daily press conferences. And if anyone is, um, you know, if anyone, uh, is, uh, feeling, uh, I guess feeling down by just after, you know, after watching so many Trump press conferences, you should really tune into Cuomo because, uh, he, he gives facts and he, he gives a pretty honest assessment of, of what's going on. Um, what was my original point? Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree with you. And, and like, you know, like prime examples that him and de Blasio were very reluctant to close down schools and God knows how many, you know, lives that could have, right. you know, keeping. Schools yeah, open. for sure. I mean, you're right. The system is not built, um, for good governance. The system is built, uh, so that power begets power. It's built for politics, not policy. Anyway. And, and I guess the question is, do you think, um, we we've seen you know the the common narrative is that oh south look at look at south korea like we both had the you know we both had our first infection on the same day and they've been able to successfully flatten the curve um you know china despite uh you know their how draconian their right. uh their their you know how, how despite how draconian their uh their lockdown was or the shutdown or whatever you want to call it um they've seemed they've seemed to get over the hump uh and what seems to be record time, right? What, like, you know, yeah. six, two months, which, you know, it's, we can't, we can't really implement something as draconian as that here. Um, do you think that even with good governance, we'd be able to be as successful as some other countries have been? Well, um, not with our system. I mean, in a democracy, it's very difficult to do the things that China has done because they have an, they have an authoritarian government. It's much easier to mobilize quickly and to and to efficiently um, solve internal domestic crises, uh, if you have an authoritarian regime, of course that doesn't mean that authoritarian regimes are uh, are preferable. We know that they're not, 
Um, the thing with South Korea, though, uh, I listen. I'm not very knowledgeable about um, about what each country has done uh, domestically, what policies they've adopted. I don't know what South Korea did in particular. I I do know that China and South Korea were uh, particularly successful in in bringing down um, the rates of infection. What I would what I would assume about South Korea um, is that I think the main reason that they've been able to be so successful during this time of crisis is not only um, good policy, but a culture that's uh, that's conducive to, you know, to, to coming together and shutting this thing down. Um, I, in the United States, I don't think we are, I, in many ways, I don't think we're, uh, united enough. Um, our culture isn't such so that we can do the things that South Korea has done. You know, we've seen this thing. It's a part, it's partisan now. It's so ridiculous. Um, so I don't know if good government is, um, is the answer to everything. I don't know if we can solve this just by just, uh, through government ordinances or, or good policy. I, it's gotta, you know, we gotta take, you know, part of the brunt. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, and you, you make a good point. Um, I mean, listen, like I, I've, I've been, I've been reading and, uh, I've, I've been, I've been reading the news more diligently, uh, as, as of late. And, um, you know, it's not a coincidence that I, at least I don't think it's a coincidence that, uh, countries such as, uh, Hong Kong, uh, and, and, uh, not, not Hong Kong, sorry, uh, Singapore and, uh, South Korea both have like, you know, they, they both have mandatory national service. Mm-hmm. They both have, uh, you know, I'm sure they, I've, I've never been to either place, but I have a friend who's from Singapore and, you know, there is, uh, there's lots of nationalism in, sure. in, in a good way <laughs> yeah. and not, not, not right, in a way right, yeah. that, you know, blind, that blinds logic. And like the Italians on the other hand, uh, they've been, they've always been known to, you know, kind of like, you know, shrug at authority, mm-hmm. you know, okay, we have to, we have a lockdown, but whatever, like it's kind of embedded in their culture. Sure. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, they're, they're in a pretty dire state. Yeah. And that's not to say that like, there is a lot of, uh, individual, there are a lot of individualistic tendencies in, in South Korea, especially and Singapore too. Um, but you know, but in times of crisis, I think their culture, uh, and in, and this is the case in my opinion, in many parts of Asia, uh, their culture is conducive to working together, to uniting, and and so that they can eventually overwhelm uh, whatever obstacle stands in their way. Um, and of course, <clears throat> this isn't always a good trade, um, but it is now, and it's what it's yeah. what we need. For, for sure, for sure. Um, so I guess, I guess, I guess, just uh, moving on, um, maybe on a more uh, philosophical level, if you will. What you know, given everything that's going on, what have you learned about people? Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've learned anything about people that I didn't already know. 
Like, mm. of course, whenever we're in dire straits, there are like there are a lot of revealing moments about how people choose to conduct themselves. Um, and a lot of it is good and a lot of it is bad. We see people doing just people doing nonsense, people going and, and raiding toilet paper, which, it, which I, which I think is kind of odd. It's very odd. Yeah, I, it, is, it is. It is kind of odd. I, I agree. <laughs> probably started with one person who, who needed a lot of toilet paper and then everyone panicked. Um, and then, you know, people's selfishness and, and, you know, suspicious nature come out during this time. But also there are a lot of people who are compassionate and, and who support one another, uh, and who embrace one another and, and trying to get each other through, um, through this difficult time. Did you, did you see that? Uh, did you see that video a few weeks ago with all those celebrities singing Imagine? No, I did not. Can you, can you, uh, describe it for me? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll describe it. It was the most supremely annoying thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I won't even say, I don't think their intentions were good, you know, like maybe, maybe they were, but I don't think they were. I don't think they were. They they came on. They were. It was Galica Dot, and she said, "Oh, you know, we're gonna sing. We're gonna sing Imagine for you, um, because we all know how <laughs> stressful this difficult time is." And then it goes. It goes into this horrible, like a terrible rendition. And you'd expect more from a group of performers, right? Like they would. Right. They would be able to uh, at least sing a halfway decent version of of imagine, which isn't a terribly difficult song. Um, but you have all these actors and, and singers and they're all just so like, it's, it's ostensibly for the purpose of reassuring us, but you can see that they're, they're just so self-indulgent, you know, they, they just want the attention on themselves. Anyway, watch the video. It, it's so annoying. I watch it every day because I, I like to have a certain sense of hate in my heart. It keeps me going. <laughs> Um, so in that way, I, I guess it's helped me anyway. I, I don't, I often, I often start talking about something and I don't know, uh, what, what it was that I wanted to get across, but, um, yeah, you, you, you watch it on your own time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I encourage, uh, anyone that's <laughs> to watch it. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the, the, it, it reeks of, uh, elitism. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> backing yeah. me up. That's- <laughs> so I guess um, I don't know. I got maybe like more on a more personal level. Uh, do you? I know you said you enjoy not being on campus. Um, well, not 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 that, but you know, the no, disruption's not the yeah, worst that, in the world. That. Or or that or that. <laughs> I guess is there anything about Haverford that you miss? Is there? Do you wish? I don't know. I, I, and listen, I, you know, there, there have been times where I've been like, Oh, I'd rather be in the city. I'd rather be home. Um, but you know, this, this time away has really made me realize, appreciate, I guess the value of being in school. Do you share any of those sentiments? No, I hate Haverford and I hate all the students of Haverford. No, I'm just kidding. Is that no, um, 
say, it would be, a, really it would be a strange thing to say on the have it for life podcast um yeah for sure no of course i of course there are things that i miss um i mean obviously i miss personal freedoms like going outside and and being with uh being with other people and playing soccer and stuff um but you know there it being around people my own age is it, I miss that although it does it does sometimes get on my nerves but um I think anything that get gets on my nerves uh well I don't I don't I don't I, I don't know what I'm saying I I think that any everything that I like or everything that I do if if I'm if I'm around it too much, if I'm around a person I like too much, or if I'm doing something I like too much, I get I do get annoyed because I'm an I'm an annoyed person. Um, but you know it's it's an endearing type of uh, type of annoyance. So yeah, I I miss I to some extent I guess I miss working at the dining center. You know I miss I miss being around yeah. being around Larry and and uh, and Kevin. And, and the you know the guys there, and I miss I miss having some people to talk to and arguing with people and uh, people getting angry at me and and cursing my name. So <laughs> I miss that too. <laughs> we are living in a moment of history, right? Like everyone I've spoken to uh, says, you know, this, this event is you know, the coronavirus, this whole coronavirus fiasco is similar, is similar in magnitude to that of nine 11, Vietnam, even world war two. Um, and you know, what unsettles me the most is the uncertainty of, of all this. Um, do you, do you share that or, or are you, are you confident that, uh, will, work this all out and at the end of the day the world will be the world will be a better place after this um i think that the world will probably uh come out the other way um you know with more knowledge about how how really everything is nothing is certain you know a week ago, my um, my teacher from high school uh, died in a car crash, mm-hmm. and you know it it was it was extremely unsettling, um, and compounded with uh, the current crisis that's going on. I I that night I had a huge knot in my stomach because it was really, really uh, palpable at that point that nothing is, nothing is set in stone. Nothing is certain. And um, everything is chance. And this has been hashed out before <laughs> so many times. And we, we all know it in theory, but when it, when it's so clear to you, it's something really different. Like, you, I could have been born uh, somewhere else, out, you know, in, in a in a horrible situation. I could have been born. Uh, I could have been born extremely poor. Um, I could have been born 
um, a different race and, and I could still experience something that will drastically change my life or take it away. Um, so I think we all feel, I think that uncertainty is way more present. And I think that, um, that will guide policy. It will guide the way we act and the way we interact. And I think eventually we'll come out better. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, we just have to, let's just give it a couple of months and see where we are. I think that's, uh, that's like the, the milestone I'm, I'm looking at at the moment, you know, just give it eight weeks, uh, whether we'll be able to go outside freely in eight weeks or not, I'm not, not entirely sure, but, um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, Gio, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate your thoughts and your input. I think, uh, you know, while it's good to be all, it, it, while it's good to have all the aphorisms, you know, ready to fire and how, you know, about hope, I think we do need a sober assessment of, uh, of what's going on. And, um, I think, I think you do provide that. So th- thank you. Thank so you, much. Logan. You're doing God's work. Yeah. Yeah, sure. 